You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey everyone, I am so excited because I have Nia Adams on the line. Now, Nia is one of my finance sisters and I'm so excited to have her on because we're going to be talking about um, the journey that she has had um, being a single mom and getting her finances right and experiencing all the speed bumps possible, it seems like. Um, It seems like all the speed bumps possible. So thank you so much, Nia, for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's hop right in. So let's talk about what your journey looked like. So first and foremost, let's start at the very, very beginning. Um, I guess when you started getting, you know, your wake up call on your personal finances, um, I guess, when did that start for you, actually? Um, So first, let me preface that by saying that... um, my mom was a single mother. So my mom had me at 17 and she was, I was the third child. So just set that tone, 17, three children. So I, um, I went on to, you know, do the same thing. I had my daughter at 17 also. So I didn't really get a lot of financial education because, you know, she was spending a lot of her time working, trying to put food on a table and keep a roof over three children. So she didn't really have that time to come and, okay, you know, explain finances to me. My dad, he was in the picture like very briefly in the beginning and he like, you know, took me to the bank to open a bank account. You know, that's what you do. Um, but I never knew what the bank account was for, what it was. And when me and him lost touch, obviously I wasn't going back to the bank anymore. So the account lay dormant and eventually they deducted all of the money out of the account. Once it became, you know, they converted it to an adult account. So they deducted until the money was gone. By the time I remembered the account, you know, uh, at the time it was, it's chased now, but before it was like, it's not that, that money, that account is closed, you know, is essentially what they told me. So, I'm going at this with no GPS, no roadmap, anything. And I was working at the postal service. So I started working at the postal service when I was 23. And, you know, that's a good government. You know, everybody like, oh, you got a good, good government job. So I thought I was doing it. You know, I thought I was doing good. I'm making good money. I can work as much overtime as I want to. Um, I can work. When I first started, I was working 13, 14 hours every day. So I just, you know, I was loading in money to be 23, you know, making that much money. So I heard others talking about purchasing a house. And, you know, that's the American dream with your white picket fence and a dog. So I'm like, oh, okay, I could get a house. You know, I make money. My first eye-opening moment was sitting down talking to the loan officer. And I'm like, well, I want to buy a house. And he was like, no, you don't. No, you don't want to buy a house. <laughs> you think you do. And so he's like, you don't have any credit. You don't have, you know, any money saved up. You don't have. And I'm like, oh, you know, like. I don't know. I need those things, you know, and I got credit cards, you know, when you get 18 and they flood you with offers. And so I signed up for two of them, but I didn't know that you had to pay them back with interest like that. So I didn't know how credit worked like that. So I went and I would buy things, you know, I'm like, oh, great. I could buy it and I don't have to pay for it right now. I just swipe this little card. So I maxed those bad boys out. 
So I'm approaching him with maxed out credit cards, probably in court at the time, getting sued by, by those credit card companies, you know, keeping it real. And he's mm-hmm. like, no, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. And so that to me was kind of crushing because I had these big dreams of, oh, I make this money. I'm working hard and I'm busting my butt. I can't buy a house. Like, you know, like I tell my customer, I make too much money to be this broke. Like, what do you mean? So that was my first, honestly, like eye opening moment that like, oh, so you need credit to get things. Oh, okay. Now I know. Mm-hmm. Had no clue. And, and, you know, I want to stop there for a minute because that is so true. And it's stuff that we are not taught and just thinking about, um, you know, generational stuff as well. Like my mom wasn't a teen mom, but my great grandma on my mom's side, um, she had four kids by 19. So when I got pregnant at 17, I'm like, who going to check me now? <laughs> No, but um, <laughs> but seriously, though, um, you know, if you don't know your history, because I didn't know that at the time, you know, at first. But as I got to know about it, I was like, oh, OK, and, you know, get into family history and stuff. But also I wanted to say, too, um, if you're not taught about how this credit thing works, I had the same belief as you. And my eye opening experience was getting denied for like a two hundred dollar credit card. And I'm like. So I'm not worth $200. Like, I know I can afford this. Um, And so that was the eye-opening moment for me was getting denied that. And so, okay, you went and you tried to get a house and (laughs) he was like, yeah, you're not ready. So then what happened? So after I picked my face off the floor, you know, and shook it off, you know, I took it as a challenge. I'm like, oh, this is nothing. So it took me about two years to repair my credit, build up some money, some type of savings so I could go back to him. And I heard those magic words, you're pre-approved. So I'm like, yes. So it took me, it took me two years to build back up. And this is before Google and YouTube University. And this was, I had to go buy books. It wasn't like with Amazon where you can buy the book online. I had to go purchase <laughs> books like maybe from Walmart you know it was before all of this stuff was so easily able to be in within reach so I did that I worked I studied I did what the book said and built my credit it took me about two years so it took you about two years um, to get everything straight and so you bought the books you kind of was like you know what Nia, enough is enough. I need to teach myself this stuff because I work too hard to not be able to afford the things that I want to get. And so after the two years, then what happened? So after the two years, I got pre-approved and I purchased my first house. I'm 27 at the time. So like you said, I'm like, talk to me nice, you know, Um, got my house feeling really good about myself. Um, again, still working for the Postal Service. So I bought my house October 28th. I slipped on ice and hurt my ankle December 4th. So six weeks, I think roughly, after I purchased my house, I got injured at work. And I don't know if anybody knows about the workers' comp process, but it's not fast. But if initially, I kept working on my messed up ankle because remember, I... I just learned about savings. So, of course, I don't have an emergency fund stash sitting there for repairs or replacements. You know, I didn't prepare for homeownership. I just prepared to purchase the house. So 
I, now I'm sitting here working only to my ankle essentially gave out and my ankle's like, okay, look, no, we, we can't do this no more. So I had to take off work. And so I was off work on and off for about two years. I had cast, boots, physical therapy, and eventually I ended up having surgery, physical therapy again. Um, so all this time, it took a while. And then when you get workers comp, they give you a portion of your money. You don't get your full check also. Um, so I end up losing the house because the time period waiting for the workers comp to kick in and get that first check, this was time that I wasn't paying my mortgage. Like that's why I originally had tried to keep working and be like, oh, you know, whatever. It's just a little pain. I wrap it up every day. But eventually my ankle was like, look, no, 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 uncle. Like I can't. So it, that's what now two months into owning my home, maybe three months total, three, four months. Now I'm in danger of poor foreclosure. Now I'm in danger of foreclosure. That's 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 what happened. <laughs> wow, wow. So just to um, make sure the audience understands like the journey, you bought the house and then you ended up getting injured at work. And once you got injured, then now you're having to depend on workers comp, which as someone that worked on the other side of workers comp, <laughs> um, I definitely understand that process. Um, and it is very time consuming. And also a lot of times the company's fighting against you, uh, but that's another episode for another day. But anyway, um, <laughs> so now you're having to depend on that. And so you're excited about being a homeowner. Then all of a sudden that is about to be taken away from you. So how were you feeling at that time? One, I was feeling ashamed um, because, you know, of course, you're always your own worst critic. So you're always thinking like, oh, you know, how could you let this happen? Uh, you know, what am I going to do? But I was too ashamed to tell other people. I don't want to put my burden on someone else. You know, it's just so many different emotions. I'm still a single mother. So I have this child that I have to provide a roof for. So I don't know much about money, the foreclosure process or any of these things. So I'm essentially this lost. That, that's how I felt. <laughs> I was lost. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so from that moment on, um, so what happened after, like, let's say, for instance, the foreclosure, and now you're practically starting at ground zero um, with your ankle and everything going on? Um, what was next for you at that moment? So I filed bankruptcy um, to, like you say, to essentially like wipe my slate clean um, get everything off and start from zero. So I had to work like with the secure credit cards because, you know, I'm starting from scratch and I have to build up my credit worthiness to let people know that I, I'm not as high of a risk, I guess you could say. So I started with that. I started looking for an apartment. So I moved down to an apartment. I downsized to an apartment, a small apartment with me and my daughter. I kind of made her bedroom, the living room, like, so like, budget, you know, Real really mm -hmm, mm -hmm. down to the minimum. And I just, I started working again. I started working on my money. I started trying to build myself back up and just change what, make sure that didn't happen again. Honestly, that's really what I was working to do to make sure that I didn't end up in that predicament again. 
Gotcha. Okay. So as you were working through the bankruptcy and things like that, um, you down, you downsized to a smaller apartment so you can make headway on all of those things, which I tell people all the time, like, don't feel like you have to stick with, you know, what you have or what you know, if you're not making headway on your, um, your goals. Um, it's okay to pull back sometimes. It's okay to, you, and I like to use the analogy of a bow and arrow, right? So with a bow and arrow, sometimes you have to pull back in order to go further. So it sounds like that's where you were at the time. You were like, you know what? I just need to pull back real quick. Um, so that way I can recalibrate, get this stuff together and we're good. So now after you've worked through that, did you ever buy a house again? So yes, I did. Cause see, when I first foreclosed, I had the wonderful idea. When I first was in danger of foreclosure, I had the wonderful idea, like, okay, I'm just gonna stay here since I don't have a mortgage. I'm gonna save my money and then I'll just buy a house cash because you know I heard somebody say that and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do that. But did I save any money? No. Or did I live my best life because I don't have a mortgage? I live my best life because I don't have a mortgage. So that's why I had to make that final decision, like, okay, we're gonna downsize to an apartment, like Sometimes you, like you say, you have to have that reset. So yes, I'm actually a real estate investor now. So <laughs> I'm actually a landlord now. <laughs> so yes, I did buy more properties. I'm actually preparing to buy another property now, but it's because I changed the way I use money and I changed the way I think about money, um, which makes me not, I don't put it on a pedestal. I just more so think of it as it's just another tool in my belt. It's just something else in my car that I use to get where I'm trying to go. So yes, I actually, I did. (laughs) Yay. And I love your story for that reason, because it doesn't matter what life threw at you. (laughs) You were like, you know what? I'm going to work through, I'm going to get it right. And now I can offer other people housing, um, you know, that now you can rent out. So that's awesome. And so Speaking of, I want to give our audience some quick tips on, because you have a book as well um, about preparing your finances. So some quick tips on what people can do to pre- prepare their finances for home ownership, because it's way more than just having a good credit score um, <laughs> and having the income. There's a lot more to it. So what are some quick tips that people can use to start preparing their finances for home ownership? So I actually have a free home buyer guide that teaches you five tips. And this is what I say that every person should do. One, get an emergency fund. Um, This emergency fund is going to have a savings, not just for down payment. You want to have money for closing costs, repairs and replacements after you're in the home. Second, you want to do your research. You want to go through this process feeling confident about it and being empowered as you purchase your first home. So you want to learn about the different type of loan products. So you'll have some type of knowledge and know what works well with you in your financial situation. Next, you're going to research your team. So you want to pick your team. You're not just going to pick somebody just because your friend used them because your friend's finances looks different than your finances. So you're going to look and actually choose your team, stalk them online, do whatever you need to do so you can find out more about them before you work with them. So you'll start this while you're preparing as opposed to waiting and when you start the process. Then you want to create a budget. You have to see what you're currently working with what's coming in, what's going out, and are you comfortable with what you currently have now before you take on the expense of a home? 
And then debt elimination. You want to work to pay off debt, but you want to pay off debt based on the highest claim on your paycheck. So if you're preparing your credit, you pay off debt differently than you pay off when you're trying to work on buying a home. The more you pay off. So just to give this an example so that it's understood, think about it in the terms of you might have a credit card payment. You might have a car loan. If your car loan is close to being eliminated, you might want to pay that off so that you have that lower payment. So when a lender looks at your money, they'll say, oh, OK, they have less things they're paying monthly, which will help you qualify for more homes. Yes, yes. All of those tips I could totally relate. <laughs> um, and I do have some stories around some of them. But um, with the last point, I'm glad you brought that up because the debt to income ratio is so important. Um, and that's what you're trying to help people exactly. work on um, when you're talking about that last tip, because I've seen people that had good credit and stuff like that, but their debt to income ratio was not good enough. And so the lender's looking like, well, you barely making ends meet with what you have. So I don't know about, you know, this whole mortgage situation. So I wanted to have Nia bring all of those tips up because it's way more important than just a credit score. And um, just personally speaking, I'll just do one story uh, with the first tip. As soon as I closed on my house, got my key moved in, I was running a bath for my youngest son and the bathroom flooded. And so, you know, when I was going through due diligence, okay, nobody's filling up the bathtub, you know, so there was no way we could have found that. But as soon as I moved in, closed, and so now it's my problem. I can't go back to the owner and say, oh, well, the bathtub flooded, you know, I like all of that's done with. And so the first night I had to get a plumber in here and if you you've ever had to hire a plumber, even for them to come out, it is not cheap. And so I had to do that the very first night. Now, if I didn't have any savings or anything, then guess what? How is that going to get fixed? And so I highly recommend um, that all of these tips because they were so good. So if anybody was interested in getting this guide or finding out more about you, how could they do so? So you can actually do everything from my website, um, www.perspectiveschange.com. Um, and then you can find me on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Money Perspectives. OK, can you say it one more time um, just so I can make sure we got it? Because it broke up real bad for me. Uh, so I just want to make sure we get it. Um, so just go from. Where can we find? Okay, so my website is www.perspectiveschange.com. And then you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Money Perspectives. And then YouTube and TikTok, Nia's Perspectives. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nia. So if you all didn't catch that, I will have all of that in the show notes. So definitely check those out. And thank you so much, Nia, for being transparent and sharing your story with us here today, because I'm sure it's going to help someone that may be looking at that type of situation as we speak. And so they know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. So I appreciate you coming on, sharing that with us, and then also sharing those awesome home ownership tips. Oh, thank you for having me. I accept any opportunity to help people realize that they can be a homeowner. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, 
You can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient.